Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Weekends were made for sports. How would you like to play for the New England Patriots? I'd love to. A look at the weekend in sports with the inside story on the Blazers, the Ducks, and the Beavers. Everyone, meet freelance alien bounty hunter, Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp? The football guy? Yeah, I hunt aliens now. Used to catch TDs, now I catch ETs. You ever caught an alien, Shannon? Not yet, Mr. Question, but I'll let you know when I do. This is Sports Sunday with Mike Lynch. Oh, isn't this wonderful? Look at this room. What a beautiful room. Have you seen this room? Yes, we're in it. And Rashad Taylor. Okay, dude, I can see you don't want to be cheered up here. Come on, Donnie, let's go get us a land. On ESPN Sports Radio 1080, The Fan. Hour 2 of 2 here on Sports Sunday on The Fan. We'll take you till 11 o'clock. Talking uh, plenty of NFL for the rest of the show. She talked a lot of NFL in the first hour of the show, too. Uh, I will do th- say this, though. We got two of the three we need. We need one more participant. Are or, you that one? Are, are you, you that lucky one? Are you no. that one? Hey, you could be the winner. Um, if you, I mean, we're going to be really competitive. And- unless, you're in, unless you're in my league, then be prepared for second place. <laughs> um, we need one more person to draft with us and be in our fantasy leagues. There's two of them. I have one. Rashad's going to have one. We need one more person who's willing to draft with us on Wednesday at uh, 6 p.m. at Punchbowl Social, which is a uh, downtown Pioneer Square Mall. And uh, the draft starts at 7. Come on down. Bring your laptop. Bring uh, bring your iPad, whatever you need to draft. That's an incredibly por- important yes. part. I mean, you can use your phone. You but- can, but it's super annoying. Go yes. ahead and bring your laptop. Just make Last sure. year, Rashad used his phone and had a lot of issues, right? Was that you last no, year? No, no, I had my laptop. Oh, no, your, although, buddy, your buddy used his phone last although, year. Although, uh, for whatever reason, mine's kept auto-picking. And it was so frustrating. Hey, you won the league. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You won the league with auto picks. Yeah. So that happens sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes the internet connection can be a little bit iffy because there's a lot of people on it, but uh, you you should be fine. They go and test those things out before we do the events and and see how strong the connection is. So make sure you you bring your laptop, iPad, iPhone out, whatever, whatever you want to draft with. And uh, we'll have basically how it works in the past is you'll have these kind of large tables set up for each league. And then you just go, uh, Hang out with your league and get some food, drink some beer, draft your guys. You can meet us. You can meet other listeners. It's a cool event. So if you if we need just one more person, if you're interested in coming out, doing that with us on Wednesday this week, then uh, text us to the Bridgeport Beers text line at 55305, your full name and your email, and uh, expect an email from me and a league invite from either me or Rashad tomorrow or Tuesday before the draft starts. So we have been doing our divisional previews every single week leading up to the season. We only have, I want to say, 
after this weekend, two weeks left yeah. until the season. So next week will be the NFC North, and then we'll have to do both West divisions in the same week, which we've done in the past, the AFC and the NFC West, uh, as that'll be the last week before the season. So we are down to our last four divisions. We've previewed the, previewed the other four already. Today is the AFC North, and I would like to start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, everybody seems to have crowned the Patriots as the instant winner of uh, of the AFC, right? People are saying they're going to go undefeated. They seem for once, and we, we've talked about it, that there's certainly a possibility. They seem for once that they have added players that are great. They're not trying to find the, the bargain bin guys that are going to make them good. They actually just have found guys that are amazing and are adding them. And Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks, et cetera. Um, everyone's kind of just crowned them already. However... The AFC is pretty weak this year, but there's one other team that I think should be seriously considered as a contender in the AFC to win the league. The and Cleveland that is Browns. The Cleveland Browns. There you go. No, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I know Jesse was talking about it during the fantasy segment, how he's not exactly trusting of the way Le'Veon Bell may be this year because of, you know, how he's holding out or Antonio Brown's in the last, not the last year of his deal, right? He's still got a couple years left, but getting older and you're wondering how they're going to perform. And I, I'm still sitting there going, if those guys are there, that's a great team. Mm -hmm. And don't forget that they get Martavis Bryant back this year as well as a receiver. So you've got Big Ben. You've got arguably the best running back in the league. You've got arguably the best wide receiver in the league. You've got a great number two receiver. Your defense is better than it was a couple of years ago as you've kind of rotated the young guys in. And James Harrison is a tank again. Uh, I don't know how, but he's amazing again. And to me, the Steelers seem like the obvious choice to a win this division, but I think they're going to have something for the Patriots this year. Uh, I don't. I mean, I mean, <laughs> and, and only because you're talking about the Patriots. I think they got action at every other team in the NFL except for New England, or at least in the AFC, except for New England. Um, you, the Patriots just have – they got too many guys at too many spots, and I think that's the – kind of the difference maker between them and the Steelers. But this this Steelers offense is, is about a good, as good as it gets, not just in the AFC, but in the NFL. Whenever you have a guy like big Ben Roethlisberger, who will be in the Hall of Fame, who's been in the Super Bowl three times and won two of them, that bodes well for your team. I still think um, Tomlin's a good coach. I mean, regardless of what you want to see, he, he's just shown us too much in the time that he's been there. You know, he's been in the Super Bowl twice. You can say whatever you want to, but – he kind of knows what he's doing, kind of lost control of the ship a little bit last year. Um, but I think that happens with him. These are still men at the end of, end of the day, grown-ass men. And sometimes grown-ass men do silly-ass stuff. And that's kind of <laughs> was the story of the Pittsburgh Steelers last year. But I think moving forward with Antonio Brown, what a lot of people consider the best receiver in the league, and then you throw in, like you said, the return of Martavis Bryant, and then Le'Veon Bell, who is the best running back in the league. It's not He's not one of. He is the best running back in the league. I think it's hard for you to say that they can't contend with anybody. I just don't see them being a, a, a threat to the Patriots. But to be honest, to be fair, I really don't see any team being a threat to the Patriots. The, right the, the Patriots look amazing this year. They really do. Um, but the Steelers also have that experience. You know, they're a veteran team that's made the playoffs for many years, and we've seen the Patriots, despite being amazing, lose a game here or there in an important situation just because the other team plays better that day. I mean, it's football. That's that that's the that's the best and the worst thing about the NFL is that it's one game. Mm -hmm. So 
you could be the best team in the world, Patriots, 17 and 0, and lose because David Tyree, a guy who never played in the league again after that, essentially makes a catch off of his helmet when Rodney Harrison's slapping at the ball, leading to a win for the Giants. Or, you know, you can go even two years later when Mario Manningham makes the sideline catch and the Giants again beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So it's that kind of a thing where those are some of the best teams the Patriots have ever had. And they still lost in a, you could call it a fluke, but they lost because mm -hmm. it's a one game thing. That, the Patriots are even better than those teams now. Like on paper, th this Patriots team is better than those Patriots teams. I don't know if they're better than the 2017, but I think they're definitely better than the, the, the last maybe few that went to the Super Bowl. But this team will definitely slip up, you know? It's really, really hard to go undefeated. It's almost impossible to go undefeated. And maybe the Steelers are the team that can do it. I, I have a lot of trust in the Steelers. I guess that's kind of my whole point about this is I think the Steelers should be trusted. And, I mean, if you look at their, their offensive line, it's awesome. As long as they stay healthy, mm -hmm. they've got a great offensive line. And they've got a really good defense that is no longer that old. I mean, Ryan Chazier, is, he looks old, but he's not that old. Um he does look like he's like 55, though, which is really strange. No, but the 55-year-old on the team is, there. Is, their, is their best player, and he's the one that shows them how to work out in James Harrison. Like, you've got a team there with full of guys who have been there before and full of guys who really know what it takes to get back there. I think and, the only question for them is their corner situation is not exactly settled. No. But everywhere else, I feel very confident in this team. James Harrison's 39, bro, and he <laughs> can lift me with his pinky. Like he's 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 a freak of nature. I know they they had a game that went to overtime, and then he flew back to Pittsburgh and did like a three hour workout right after the game. Like who does that? Are you inhuman? We just got a text here on the Bridgeport Beers text line. It says they don't have Moss. They're not better. Uh, they've got Gronk. They're fine. <laughs> <laughs> and they threw in Brandon Cooks on the other side. Yeah, they're yeah, they're they're they're, they're, yeah, they're, they're I don't want to say they're they're not better because like I said, that 2017 was amazing no they're not better but they've got Gronk I think they're fine so I really do think the Steelers are going to be a team that challenges the Patriots this year because of just the experience and the way that they're built all right coming up next we will wrap up the divisional preview with the other three teams and uh normally this division is pretty gritty and they all beat each other up but I have a severe trust issue with the other three teams in the division this year for different reasons and we'll talk about them next here on the fan weekend sports with a difference this is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, as we continue our divisional preview here with the AFC North, take a look at the Baltimore Ravens. Now, they're a team that I think a lot of people thought would certainly challenge the Steelers in the division this year. And then injuries happened. Um... They, I got to figure out the exact number, but they had, I want to say like five or six guys go down with season ending injuries within the first week of training camp. Mm -hmm. And they weren't all necessarily like super important players, but they just were getting injured left and right, left and right. Joe Flacco has been hurt. Although I think he's back now. He had a, a disc issue in his back. Notice how I say that with a very, very hard S disc issue. It's easy to mess up. Um, they are so injured, and they, they are so unlucky this year that I just kind of have this feeling that the Ravens might just have a bad year because of it. I'm just, I don't know. I'm not sold on the Ravens. It's just not the 
not the Ravens team that we're used to seeing. Um, you're looking at a Terrell Suggs who's in his 13th season, I believe, the 15th season. He's just a little older. You can tell he's, he doesn't have that that quick burst that he used to have right now. So that kind of he's he's their lone person on defense that you can really look at and say, oh yeah, that's he's he's a familiar face. You know, I think I think you look at all the other guys, the Haloti Nadas, obviously Ray Lewis. All those guys are gone, you know, and so he's really trying to be the anchor for a defense that doesn't really have that anymore. You know, the, the Ravens were a team that was always built on their ability to play defense and stop the run. And then you had a guy like Ed Reed who could stop the pass and be a ball hawk. Who are those guys now? And I think you, you have a hard time finding those. I think John Harbaugh has his work cut out for him because now he has to try to change the the culture and change the image of this Ravens team we've been so used to looking at. So anything that they do, if it's not a 10-win season with with you know great defensive numbers, I think you look at it as a disappointment. So I found the list of injured players, by the way. Uh, this was from March. Marshall Yanda, their best offensive lineman, is out for the entirety of training camp. Uh, he's, he said he's going to be back week one for sure. He's guaranteeing it. So that's a guy who's been out, but he'll be back. Uh, Tavon Young, defensive back, out for the season with a knee injury, July 21st. Kenneth Dixon, running back, out for the season, July 25th, knee surgery. Joe Flacco, uh, he was out with the back injury. This says return week one. Um, he actually did not practice week two either. But they're they're kind of, from what I read, the report is, is there's really unsure about how serious the injury is. And he thinks he'll be back week one, but they're not 100% sure. That's why there was the, the Colin Kaepernick conversation for a while there. Mm -hmm. um, Maurice Kennedy, defensive back, out indefinitely with a knee injury. That was July 30th. Nico Siragusa, guard, knee surgery, out for the season. Uh, Crockett Gilmore, tight end, knee surgery, out for the season. Alex Lewis, guard, shoulder, out for the season. So that's one, two, three, four, five and a half players, if I'm counting the out indefinitely, who are potentially out for the season. And they all happened within a two-week span. <laughs> that's not good. No. And, and then, you know, you have a guy like uh... – Danny Woodhead that kind of goes down in, in his last preseason game, and so you're, you're looking. Well, that was at last this, year, right? Yeah, that was that was that was last uh, that was last year. So you know you're, you're looking at this team going, man, I'm I'm afraid to put these guys out there on the field because something bad may happen to them, and uh, that's that's a that's a terrible way to feel about your franchise right now. But I, I don't know what what Baltimore can do to kind of turn this around. Like I don't think it's a Flacco issue. I think Flacco is exactly what he's kind of always been just the middle of the road quarterback who had one year where his defense kind of carried him but he also played really well in that one playoff run they had that led to a Super Bowl so I, I don't know man I'm looking at this Baltimore team saying this is the one team in in the AFC North and I'm just like ah, they could be good they probably won't be but I don't know I can't really put my finger on it. Like with the with the Browns and with the with the Steelers, you kind of know what you're going to get from them. The Ravens are that tricky team that they could be kind of okay because they're under the radar, or they could be absolutely awful. I have a trust issue because of the injuries this year. I, I don't normally have a trust issue with the Ravens. I feel like they're pretty steady every year. But another team in that division I also have a trust issue with is the Bengals. The Bengals were really good for what was it? They made the playoffs almost like four straight years at that at one point, And they lost every single game because well, Marvin Lewis is their head coach, but they, they were making the playoffs really consistently. But last year they were bad. And this year the team is, it should be better, right? Because they're not hurt anymore. Eifert will be back. AJ green missed a large chunk of last year. Uh, they had running back injuries for both Gio Bernard and Jeremy Hill. They drafted Joe Mixon. No matter what you think about him, he's a pretty good running back. Uh, but I think for me, a lot of the trust issues come down to Andy Dalton 
And I never really felt like Andy Dalton became a guy who was a good quarterback. He was he was good at times, but I never really felt like he was a guy who was ever going to stick as a great starter. And you're starting to hear rumblings that they like A.J. McCarron a lot there. There was trade talk about him, and they're asking for a first-round pick for him. So they view him very highly. I wonder if at some point Dalton might even lose his job to A.J. McCarron this year, and that's another reason why I've got some trust issues with them. Uh, I think a lot of people have lost trust with Andy Dalton just because you look at the team that the teams that he's had, and you're curious of how how you haven't been able to do better. Like you've had some pretty impressive offensive pieces on your team from uh, with Jordan Hill and Giovanni Bernard and or Jeremy Hill, excuse me, and Giovanni Bernard and. Uh, now you have Randall LaFell and A.J. Green, and important you have Muhammad Sanu and Tyler Eifert. It's like, how how are you not winning playoff games? How are you not winning more than playoff games? How are you not winning primetime games? That was the thing about the Bengals. When, they were, when the lights were bright and they had to play on Monday night football or they had the Sunday night game, they would typically kind of curl up and die, and that's just kind of who the Bengals were. Here's what they are. They're a team full of fantasy icons. You know, Gio Bernard is going to get you some fantasy points. Jeremy Hill is going to get you some fantasy points. Tyler Eifert and A.J. Green, those are fantasy monsters. That's about all their team is, though. You know, you have a defense that at times showed they were great. You Can't know, stay out of trouble. You kind of mentioned it. It was like we, there was a point, I want to say like three years ago, when we first kind of started doing the show, that we lauded Cincinnati as one of the best rosters in football top to bottom you know we talked about the, the Seahawks the 49ers and the Bengals being right there with them and now the only team that we're really saying that about is is the Patriots and so uh, I don't want to put it all on Andy Dalton because I don't think it's all his fault but if you look at the offense man yeah that's your fault because if the leader of that offense with those toys you have to play with you should be much better than you have been so my question is this then we're a little bit nervous about the Ravens and, and the Bengals, right? Do we think there's any chance that the Browns don't finish in last place this year in in the division? Oh, in the division? No, no, no. You don't think so? I, you know, I know. You know who their quarterback is? Well, I do. But, you know him well too. Well, I know. I know him quite well. But so here, just hear me out on this, right? The Browns finally, to me, outside of the quarterback thing, although they did draft one in Deshaun Kaiser. And I know that's important. Look, I, this is going to sound crazy with this. But outside of not being sure at quarterback, they are building a team, to me, that finally looks like a team that's not going to go 0-16. Right? They look like a team that can win some games. They had the first overall pick and took Miles Garrett out of Texas A&M. Um, everyone's talking up Isaiah Crowell as the running back. They still have Duke Johnson. He was really good. They have Corey Coleman, who was supposed to be good last year but got hurt at wide receiver. Um, they've still got a very good offensive line. Remember, they, they've, they're trying to build a good offensive line almost in the light of the way the Cowboys did it. Mm -hmm. And Joe Thomas has always been good there, and he's still there as their left tackle. Um, and on defense, they've still got some pretty good defenders there who I think could kind of help them. Remember, they drafted Danny Shelton from Washington. He's one of their defensive tackles. They've still got Joe Hayden as one of their cornerbacks there. Um, I know it's I know it's a little bit of a long shot, but I wonder if maybe they could win four or five games and not finish in last place in that division because the Bengals or Ravens just collapse. Um, I, I don't know. I think they can. I don't know. Four or five games is kind of a stretch considering they won one last year with the one 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 game. Is that what they what they won last year? Yeah, <laughs> week seventeen against the. <laughs> 
uh, formerly San Diego so Chargers. They couldn't even go defeat it the right way. You know, they couldn't even lose all the games the right way and, and become relevant by being the first undefeated team. Now, um, I, I look at the defense and say that you've got some pieces to be really good and not forget Miles Garrett is new to that team this year as, as well as Jabril Peppers. You know, you've got two guys that were among the best players in college last year and you got them in the first round. So if those guys can develop together, along with some of those others, the Joe Haydens and some of those other guys that play on that defense, I don't see why the Browns can't move forward. They're a laughing stock now because they're the Browns. You won a game last year, so we don't expect much from you. But if these guys can show that they can make them competitive and you can have a cold a couple teams to 17, 21 points, 24 points, then all of a sudden you look at Cleveland as, well, maybe they can be okay in the future. But you look at the guys they have, they've got too many first-round picks to not be this good. Exactly. They've got they've got too many guys that they've got in the first round in the top ten over the past, you know, five years to where they should be getting better. And I really think it starts with their trigger man. So if if Deshaun Kaiser can be I think people are still a lot of a lot of people are down on him. They thought that he probably should have stayed in college just the maybe a, just a year longer or something like that. But I mean, I think it, this could be a good thing for them if this young man can show that he knows how to play. My only thing is the person teaching him how to play, the person he's learning behind, isn't the best quarterback. I I like Deshaun Kaiser a lot. I think he's got a, a really high upside ceiling. Um, but I don't think that guy should be out there year one. He, I, I agree with you in the fact that um, he probably should have gone back and developed a little bit more. But um, But the talent is there. I feel like you saw enough out of Cody Kessler. He wasn't putrid. He wasn't bad. In fact, I think he was better than Brock Osweiler last year in his rookie season. You got more out of him than you ever anticipated. I feel like you should give him at least uh, the start of the season to see if he improved in the offseason, if there's something there. Um, it's kind of what I think about the um, – just Osweiler has shown you what he is. Um, I know Hugh Jackson's the the QB guru, but, it, I, I mean, I think I'd go younger with a guy that seems to have shown a little bit more potential at that pot. AFC North, Steelers will likely be the winner. Everything else is completely up for grabs. It's a pretty crazy division this year. So even though if those teams are a little bit hard to watch if they're bad uh, or if you don't like them, I still think they're going to be uh, interesting games in that division. All right, coming up next, we do hate it or love it. Uh, but first, Jesse has sports in. Weekend sports with a difference. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. All right, competitive hater, love it. Let's get it started. Jesse will award us points for our answers in the same way that Around the Horn works on ESPN, if you've seen that show before. By the end, Jesse will tally up the points, and we have a winner, and the winner gets to host the last segment. They also get their own theme music. Um, we have one for each of us, so the winner gets that. So uh, that's kind of what's up for grabs. And I won last week, which means that Rashad gets to go first. Right. This week. So, Jesse, go ahead and get us started. All right. Uh, now, we did talk about this a couple weeks ago. I forgot about it last week, but I tried to remember this week. Uh, something kind of like a time limit, right? We, oh, we try that's to right. speed things up and yeah, give you yeah, guys yeah. kind like of a 30 second, 35 uh, seconds. Yeah. Like so, I'm going to go ahead and say it at 15 seconds to go. We'll, we'll give you guys about a minute and a half, 90 seconds to make your state statements, oh, right? You make your case, right? You got night or or minute 20 or, or two minutes or whatever. Right? I think you want to just do one minute. I think 45 seconds is perfect. 
We'll, we'll go one minute. We'll okay. go one minute. I, All right. See, we got think, one minute. Rashad, we, you're going to see this. Your points sometimes are like four minutes long. Yeah. Shoot. Oh, so oh gonna, no. You're going to struggle. Both of you guys are going to struggle. Now, um, with 15 seconds to go, you will hear this. Very good. That's perfect sound effect. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I thought about it quite a bit over the week and thought, you know, let's just stick with that theme. Um, so with that being said, we'll get this baby rolling. And Rashad, you are first. Uh, sure. Rashad, being first. Uh one of the topics we didn't make it to last week was uh, Jay Cutler going to Miami. Now, one of the things that I stated last year, actually, was that this was the perfect fit. Chicago didn't want Jay Cutler. Adam that. Gase, Jay Cutler went together so well. It, it just turns out it, it ended up happening not necessarily the way I thought it would. Come to find out, pretty decent defense in Miami. Not great, but decent. Offensive line's okay. You got a running game. Got some wide receivers. You could make a case that this could be the best team that Cutler has had around him. Love or hate, Jay Cutler will have his best season this coming season. Uh, I love it. Um, number one, he leaving the NFC North. It has teams like the Lions, which have been really good defensively up until Ndamukong Sue left. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, who are the Green Bay Packers, and pegged to win that division. And the Minnesota Vikings, who are sneaky good like almost every year. And it's always something corny like injuries or a missed field goal that keeps them from kind of moving forward with their franchise. I'm looking at this Miami team, this AFC East that has bum-ass Buffalo, bum-ass Jets, and he just happens to play for the Dolphins, who could be the second-best team in the in the AFC East. He's got guys like Jarvis Landry. He's got Kenny Stills, um, Devontae Parker. He's still got a Jay Ajayi, who actually had a really, really good season last year. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at this team. And on, on the other side, you also have a guy in Ndamukong Sue, who I'm thinking is looking to have a really kind of bounce-back type of year just because even though he had about eight sacks last year, maybe a little bit less than that, I think people look at that as a disappointment for that defense. You also mentioned the fact that he's back with Adam Gase. He's kind of the quarterback whisperer. I'm looking at Jay Cutler to have a bounce-back season, probably the second or third most yards that he's ever thrown. All right. Let me know when my timer's ready there, Jesse, and I'll get underway. Ready to rock and roll. All right. I will love this one as well. This is a really tough one because I was looking at Jay Cutler's stats, and when you say best season of his career – that's not really the hardest thing to get if you're Jay Cutler. Because if you look at his stats, now I'm not looking talking about yards pass because he, he always throws for a lot of yards. Jay Cutler's career has been much more mediocre than you would think. His best season yards-wise was his third year in Denver. He threw for 4,526 yards, but he had 18 interceptions to just 25 touchdowns that year. The next year, he had 26 interceptions to 27 touchdowns. The years he throws no interceptions, he doesn't throw touchdowns. His fewest interceptions uh, that he had a full season was in 2011. Mm -hmm. Seven picks, 13 TDs. Yeah. He's so inconsistent that it's really hard for me to say that Jay Cutler is even a good quarterback. But with the weapons he has in Miami and what Rashad mentioned with Jay Ajayi being a good running back, good running game, I think he can get his best season in the NFL, which is strange to me to say. All right. Not too bad. Not too bad, guys. Keeping up with this. Now we're going to move on. We're going to move on to Jacksonville. Another quarterback mess that we have going on there. Chad Henney, Blake Bortles. Week two, we're starting this QB competition, guys. Bortles, you just suck that bad. Now, if you actually go back and look at Chad Henney's, uh, Chad Henney's career, he's kind of comparable to Blake Bortles. You could maybe make a case that he might be better. 
love or hate Chan Hetty will be starting week one for Jacksonville. Ugh, I hate it. Um, at the end of the day, he's been number two for a reason. It's because he's not better than Blake Bortles. And I'm looking at Henny's stats through his career, and they're pretty pedestrian. Uh, his best season was 15 uh, touchdowns with 19 interceptions. That's his best season as far as throwing the football, and I think that's a bad thing. Um, Henny just isn't a – he does – nothing about him says NFL quarterback. But then again, nothing about Blake Bortles says NFL quarterback. And if you look at this team, unless you're about to go get Kaepernick, you don't have another option at the quarterback position. And you're going to go out there with the guy who's at least shown that you have – he has some competence at playing the position, even though it's not a whole lot of it. We've seen Bortles have great seasons with Allen Robinson and Allen Hearns. Uh, throwing Marquise Lee, who's actually kind of hurt right now, went down in the preseason, might thought he might have broke his leg. But he – what other options do you have outside of Bortles? Um, I am going to love it. Chad Henney is going to be the week one starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, here's the thing that, that I'm looking at here. Blake Bortles on paper doesn't look that bad because in garbage time when they were down by 30 points every game last year, he would throw touchdowns and he would get, he would get on the board. But if you've watched Blake Bortles play and if you've seen any of the clips from his preseason – he looks lost. Terrible. He looks like he's lost it mentally. He can't throw the ball to any spot that he wants to anymore. And the fact that Doug Marone had to say that it's a quarterback competition between Blake Bortles and Chad Henney, to me, is a last-ditch effort at saying, hey, Blake, wake up or you're losing your job. And guess what? Blake sucks. He's not going to wake up. Chad Henney is going to be the starter. Chad Henney actually did okay when he was with Jacksonville and he had to start a couple of times. He wasn't great, obviously, but I think he's more steady than Blake Bortles. Mm -hmm. I think he's going to be a steady presence where Blake Bortles, you don't know anything that's going to happen with him at the quarterback position. So I think Chad Henney is going to be the week one starter. Ugh. All right. Let's see here. We're moving on. Lamar Miller was an interesting guy last year in the free agency period where you were thinking he was going to the right place, become the workhorse back, became the workhorse back, had his worst season as a professional running back. Uh, Houston has gone on. They they took uh, Deontay Foreman, I believe, in the fourth round, kind of um, a big bruiser, elusive back. Uh, love or hate, Lamar Miller will be in a full-blown running back by committee by the end of the season. Uh, love. Lamar Miller is a guy who's been a really good running back, but he's only had two seasons in his career where he has he's had over a thousand yards. Uh, one of those was last year. So as bad as he did in Houston, he still had a pretty good year as far as as far as yards on the ground. He only had five touchdowns, which is down from the eight that he's gotten the two seasons two seasons before. Lamar Miller is just one of those guys who is he's I think he's better by committee. I don't think he's ever going to be a premier guy because he's not he, he he's not great between the tackles. I know if he, he's one of those guys that once he breaks, he's going to break a long one and kind of keep it moving. I don't see him as uh, that bruiser that I think a lot of other times a lot of other teams have. And then you're looking at a day. So in the NFL, I don't think there are a lot of premier running backs. Just one running back. Even Ezekiel Elliott shares snaps with somebody. You're looking at Demarco Murray, he's sharing snaps with somebody. So I don't I think that day of having just an Emmett Smith, just the Barry Sanders, just one of those guys in the backfield that's going to do everything for you is kind of passe, which is the same reason I look at Christian McCaffrey as getting ready to have a good season because Jonathan Stewart just can't do everything. Lamar Miller just can't do everything that uh, – who's the, the, the rookie? I'm sorry, the guy that got – the bruiser. He's Deontay, not a bruiser. Deontay Foreman. He's not a bruiser, and that's not his role. And so because of that, I think he will be sharing snaps. 
Um, what was the hater love again, Jesse? What was the you said hater love? He's gonna split carries with Lamar um, Miller will be in a full blown running back by committee by the end of the season. Uh, I hate it, and that's because you said last year wasn't one of his best years, but it was one of his best years. And the problem for me is well, for Lamar Miller last year was that the quarterback situation in Houston was so bad that teams just loaded up on the run because they played. I mean, Lamar Miller had 268 carries last year, which was 52 more than his previous high in his career. And they, they told him, we're going to work you like a workhorse back. And they did. Bill O'Brien does run a system that allows for good running backs to, to succeed in his system. I think because the quarterback play was so bad last year, it forced teams to stop the run, and that's why Miller didn't get that many touchdowns. I think this year, whether it's Savage, whether it's Watson, I think you're going to have a, little, a semblance of a better quarterback situation, hopefully, for, for Houston's sake. And I think you're going to have a situation where they're actually going to have a threat in the passing game, which would open up lanes for Lamar Miller more. I think Miller's a really, really good running back, and Foreman might be good. I just don't think it's going to be by committee. He might just do what Derrick Henry did last year in Tennessee, get some carries, get some work in, and that's it. All right. Do you guys want to do one more? Do you want a full segment in the end? Uh, let's do one more. All right. One more. Uh, we're, we're actually doing a pretty good job of staying on time with this new system. Uh, fantasy, team, uh, fantasy teams have uh, been pretty excited about the reemergence of Marshawn Lynch coming out of his one-year retirement signing with the Oakland Raiders. Currently, he is being drafted on ESPN as the 11th overall running back off the, draw, uh, off the board. Love or hate? Fantasy teams are overdrafting Marshawn Lynch as the 11th overall running back. Mm. 11th overall, huh? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna love. No, no, that they're overdrafting him. I'm gonna hate that they're overdrafting him. Uh, he's still beast mode. I mean, and until he shows us any different, this is just. I think him retiring for that one year can only be a, can only be a good thing for Marshawn. He was a guy that was really beat up behind that lack of Seattle offensive line. Um, so I think a year off for his body was a great thing. And he also got to a point where he started to share a lot of the snaps with, uh, I believe it was, uh, Chris, uh, Christine Michael or something like that at that point. Thomas so, Rawls. Thomas Ross, thank you very much. So he got to a point to where he couldn't do as much because he was so beat up. You look at that Seattle Seahawks offense, it was basically Marshawn Lynch or bust. It was because of Marshawn Lynch with the play accent, they were able to open up things for Russell Wilson to do things down the field. So now I look at the fact that he won't have to do as much in Oakland because Derek Carr has a couple of really great receivers. He has a good tight end. He has great defense. I think Marshawn is going to be just fine at 11. Um, so you're saying love or hate, he's being overvalued right now? Correct. Uh, I love it because don't forget the Oakland Raiders have a young running back named DeAndre Washington, who they did like a lot last year. And right now on, on our lads, the depth chart, they only have him as the third running back behind Jalen Richard, who also had a good year last year for Oakland. And they drafted a running back named Elijah Hood. So they've got a lot of guys there that are going to be competing for the job. And I, I get why you want to draft Marshawn Lynch high. You've got the memory of him being beast mode. You've got the memory of him being a stalwart in your fantasy team. But we just don't know what he's going to be this year. He missed the last, what, year and a half with injury and with retirement. We don't know who Marshawn Lynch is going to be. We don't know uh, we, we don't know how healthy or how good he's going to be anymore. And plus, there's plenty of other running backs who can get you points that he's going to go in 11th? What? That's crazy. That's way too high. People, people just overvalue Marshawn Lynch because they loved Marshawn Lynch. That's it. Uh, I think he's going to be a much more in a committee than people think based on the other running backs that they have there. So... Yeah, love. He's overvalued.
All right. Well, we go. ran out of music there. I forgot to put the the layered music bed in there. That's okay. Tally up. We had a lot points. of points. I feel like the two of us were on fire today. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, there was a lot of good points being made. I think made. you might have got three extra ones though. No, that's not a bad line. I'm just saying. Yeah. You know. And the winner is. And the winner is Mike Lynch. Woo! Good job. Two, two weeks in a, in a row. And we'll we'll do your. I had to make up for the three straight losses. So I'm, I'm kind of getting back onto even ground now. Uh, I lost three straight weeks in a row. We're no. almost there. We're almost there. I, I got I to gotta rebound next week because I don't want to go for three losses in a row. Got it. You guys really came out on fire. Lots of good points. Just like like a machine gun. It's going to be tough to do the time thing next week when we're on location. We're going to like hear oh, it in yeah. our headsets and we're going to be like, I don't see Jesse telling us to go anywhere. We can just keep talking. <laughs> yeah, just turn your mic off. Like, oh, you guys are done. You're off the air. Right, exactly. Uh, so, hey, uh, that means that I get to host the last segment. So uh, we'll find out what that is next here on Sports Sunday on The Fan. were made for sports. This is Sports Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. I will say I, I miss Rashad's song because it's a good song. <laughs> I think it should just be the official song. No, 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 no. I like that we have our own. This is very relevant to my interests, but I very much enjoy your song as well, so... Whenever you do win again, I will not be quite as upset because I will get to hear your winners. Okay. Well, that's cool. Um, you'll, you'll get to hear it again soon. I certainly hope so, man. I can't go for this. Or I can just keep loses. winning. You could. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you won't ever hear it again. Maybe maybe you're you're just... You, I figured it out. You, you figured it all out. Rashad, you you're, Jesse you're lunch just going to mail it in now. Is that what it is? You buying Jesse lunch? You're on the take, Jesse. Pretty hard to buy Jesse lunch. He's gluten-free. Yeah. Payola stuff going on It's a difficult thing to, to figure out. <laughs> um... I'm, we don't have a lot of time left, which is usually the case here, but I've been seeing this all over, and I, I, I get it because it's an ESPN thing, but have you ever cared about the Little League World Series? Uh, I, I'll, Okay. so it's, I, I I don't care. So I... Uh, I can't watch it. This is I don't want this to sound bad, but whatever. Um, I was really interested in the, the young boys from Chicago last year. Um, just because during our hunt for the host, uh, I, I one of the things I spoke about was the fact that uh, not a young, not a lot of young black kids play um, baseball yeah. or soccer or any of those things anymore. Just because to play a lot of club sports like that, it's really expensive. AAU basketball is expensive, but I know teams that you can be on the team for three hundred dollars that'll get you a jersey, the tournaments, and everything else. You know, and you'll be fine. But then I also know teams that you have to pay. $1,500 per season that you that you have to play with them and everything. So it was great for me to see all those young young men out there and that were really competitive and make it as far as they actually made it and just lose to the, uh, I think they lost to Korea. Or I think it was uh, Japan. Japan, yeah. yeah, one of the teams. So um, it, it was cool for me. And then, you know, you have stories like uh, Monet Davis here uh, a couple years ago, the young lady that went and played with the boys. That was a cool story. So whenever there's an intriguing storyline, to the Little League World Series, I'll definitely watch it. But for the yeah. most part, it's 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 a really it's a lot of, uh, I don't I don't know. We're kind of making money off off the kids, and you know I get which I get it. You know I, I guess I understand kind of exploiting them a little bit to make a little no. change. But also it's the dog days of summer, and you know for for sports, 
this is actually one of those things that even if you don't like baseball, you'll still kind of watch it because it's kids. I think, you know, it's just one of those things. But like, see, that's the thing. So you are right, and that's something I forgot about. The storylines that come out of the Little League World Series are awesome, generally. Uh, whether or not they're positives or negatives, because sometimes there's there's negatives there. Oh, then you get an Ellie. What's my man's name? The the, the pitcher? Was it was it uh, Elion? He was the other one. Oh, 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 oh. Um, the kid who was like actually 16 he was like or 13, something. He was like 17 and yeah. pitching for the 13-year-old. I forget his name. Um, but yeah, th that's the negative side. But there is always a cool story. So I do sort of amend. I care about the story. Like the Monet Davis thing was really cool a couple of years ago. But, yeah. you know, it's it's on all the time on TV. And I just, I sit there and I try because I love baseball. I play Little League. I know what it's like. It's awesome. Like Little League World Series is really cool. And there was a, I remember I was getting my hair cut and they had little TVs around and stuff. And they had the Washington versus Oregon game, which was the Northwest qualifier yeah. to make the World Series. And Oregon won. It was out in LeGrand. And I, you know, I was like, this is cool. It's local. I, I could watch this. I, I couldn't watch it. No, it's just, uh, mind I you, don't know. It's hard. If you're me, I can't watch baseball. Like, I can watch the first inning, first couple of innings, and I can watch the last couple of innings. But anything in between there is just doing too much. So... I like to watch the game, and it's um, it's cute how they come up there and, oh man, Ryan's favorite player is you know Pablo Sandoval. Oh, that's cool. You know, like that's you know you get little fun facts. One kid got up there and said, "I have a crush on my teacher." Like, Miss 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 Lewis, what's up? You know, type thing. I was like, that was kind of that was kind of funny. So those are the little cool things about watching it that you can kind of see. And you know, other than that, I just kind of watch for what it is. It's a bunch of young kids who get a chance to be on the big stage. So I'll go ahead and pay attention to that. All right, so uh, thank you to everybody who agreed to be on our Fantasy Football League this Wednesday. We have all of our 24 spots filled up as of right now. Uh, if you did not make it into any of the leagues, you can still come down and hang out. Uh, Punch we might, Bowl we might need an alternate. Or yeah, something. we might need some people if, if people don't show up. But um, even, even if not, it's a cool place to come hang out. You get to meet us. You get to meet uh, a couple of the other personalities around the station. Lynch is incredibly photogenic, so you might want some pictures. I don't think I'm that photogenic, but I mean, thanks for the shout out. I you guess got a, you got a sexy ruggedness to yourself that, mm, that yes. people tend to like. So sexy, um, but yeah. So come come hang out with us on Wednesday if you are going to be in our leagues. Well, good luck because we're going to try to beat you once the draft happens. But uh, come hang out with us. Come say hi. Dirt and Sprague will be there. Crawford will be there. Uh, Patrick Harris will be there. Center and the Saint will be there. So all you can meet a lot of the personalities here on the station. So that's again Wednesday six o'clock Punchbowl Social, which is downtown Portland in the Pioneer Square Mall. Uh, that's where we'll be. Uh, for the draft if you are in our league don't forget we will send you the invites to our leagues within the next day or two don't worry about it we will be on it we will do it and uh, you'll get the invite make sure you join and then we'll do the draft on wednesday enjoy the rest of your weekend everybody enjoy the eclipse tomorrow stay safe if you're trying to go travel uh or just don't stare at the sun <laughs> wear the glasses to. if you have them um and uh we will we'll be back next sunday live from pumpkin ridge golf course for the winco foods portland open this is tenny to the fan This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. 
Price and coverage match limited by state law.